Welcome to the Global Careers Podcast, sponsored by GW Cyber, the source for inspiring stories from seasoned professionals who've embraced a global role and reaped the benefits. We offer practical advice and insider tips across a broad swath of industries and fields around the world. You know, whether or not you've considered moving abroad or taking on an international role, globalization will impact your career. So join us for a lively discussion as we explore what an international career really means. My name is Stacey nevadomsky Burdan, and I'll be your host. In season two, we find ourselves in a fast-changing world, still affected by the pandemic, where we must adapt to succeed. Come with us as we share with you how to craft your place in the new global workspace. Today, I have the pleasure of interviewing Naz Manji, a certified public accountant in both the U.S. and Canada, um, who is an international tax manager at Assurant, an insurance company that provides lifestyle and housing solutions that support, protect, and connect major consumer purchases. Working for a Fortune 500 company with a presence in 21 countries, Naz appreciates the opportunity to be able to connect and build relationships with people from different walks of life, from her office in Atlanta. She speaks seven languages and has visited more than 50 countries. Welcome, Naz. It is so great to have you with us today. Thanks, Stacy. I'm truly honored to be here today. Great. So let's get started. One of the objectives of this podcast is to provide a sense of the careers that are out there. So tell us about your job at Assurin. What does an international tax manager do? Well, Assurin is an international insurance company with presence in over 21 different tax jurisdictions. So what does that mean for an international tax manager? Well, lots and lots and lots of tax filings and compliance requirements. And in order for me to meet my deadlines, I work very closely with teammates from all across the globe, let it be Argentina, Brazil, Mexico, Canada, parts of Europe, and many, many more. This role requires a great set of organizational skills, patience, understanding of different cultural norms, and the ability to adapt to continuous changes in the tax law. When time permits, I really enjoy participating in those ad hoc projects that come my way. And believe it or not, that's the most exciting part I find about my role because it allows me to keep on top of my education and and learn those new tax laws that come on an annual basis and um, apply them to my knowledge bank. That sounds great. So you're working all over the world on a regular basis, learning new skills, dealing with compliance and those kinds of things and laws. That's wonderful. Sounds really interesting. And all from Atlanta, which is wonderful. Um, Before the pandemic, did you travel much? Yes, I've uh, been not for work, for leisure and pleasure for the most part. When I was in, in university and the question I always asked my mentors or people that interviewed me, what is one regret that they had? All of them, believe it or not, said they wish they traveled when they had the opportunity. So I took that at heart and tried to make a dent on that world map. You think 50 countries is a lot, but if you really put it in percentage, it's only 25% of the countries we have in the world. So I still have a lot of traveling left. Absolutely. And 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 the borders, as they open up, we will be doing more, which is, which is great. So you have an international job, but you're based in Atlanta. So that's really good for our listeners to know. They don't have to pick up and move somewhere. They don't have to travel all the time if they don't want, since yours is more personal curiosity and pleasure. That's great. So um, I know you also, beyond traveling, you speak seven languages, which is an amazing accomplishment. Um, 
and uh, I only speak one, English. <laughs> Tell us um, which languages, how did you learn them, and are you able to use them in your global role? So the languages I speak are not the most common used languages, and I'll start by telling you which languages those are. So English, of course, which is very common. Hindi is the second most common. Kiswahili and Kihaya, those are East African languages. Gujarati, Kachi, Hindi, those are East Indian languages. Punjabi and Farsi, those are languages I'm starting to lose connection with because I don't get to practice them as much. So Farsi is with an asterisk now because it takes me a minute to get there. But in my current role, I don't get to use these languages directly. However, I do, as you know, I do value what the ability to speak multiple languages has in terms of um, my personal development. I give a lot of credit to it. It allows me to adapt to change and accept cultures and differentiate myself from the broader market. And um, I value all those qualities. So even though it doesn't directly help me in my current role, um, it allows me to build all these relationships because it's, it's fantastic to start a conversation with hey, I speak seven languages. Mm -hmm. And also I would think it's applicable because as you say, even if you're not using, you might be using English anyway and maybe in your in your business dealings around the world, but just understanding that people think differently um, because if their first language or even their second language um, is not English, right? And they think differently through those different lenses and culture affects languages. I imagine it really helps you work cross-culturally as well. I, I really do. And, I, you know, at, at first I always thought it's just something that I am giving too much credit to. But I've asked some of my colleagues from different teams and the feedback they're giving me or the feedbacks I've heard is they do feel more comfortable talking to me because I am accepting and I'm patient with them. And I'm, I'm inquisitive on some of the questions that most uh, most other people aren't as familiar with. So... I do, I do think it does have an indirect um, tie to my role. Right, that's great. So for, for listeners who want to learn a language, learn a language. Learn the one that you're most passionate about. You may or may not be able to use it directly in your role in, in work and in professional situations, but it'll help you regardless. That's great. So um, for students who are interested in your industry, Naz, what are the greatest opportunities or challenges that you see today and the ones you see coming down the pike in a couple of years? Stacey, that's a really interesting question. I mean, for those in the audience that follow tax law, you'll know that the U.S. tax law has been changing and it's continuously changing. And one of the highlighted areas of all these changes since 2017 tax reform has been the international tax area. And I personally believe that this trend will continue as we move towards a more global mindset. Well, this creates a lot of new opportunities for those of you interested in the international tax area because there's a lot more work than we saw pre-2017 and it's going to continue to grow in that direction. More and more companies are finding the benefit of, of having an in-house tax team to reduce their costs, which will allow more opportunities um, and give students the option to pick whether they decide to go a public accounting route or an industry route. Of course, with all of this, there is a challenge of continuous learning because every year the tax law changes and the administrative requirements have continued to change. That's very interesting. And so many people think tax, oh, numbers, uh, math, but what kind of skills um, are needed in, in tax besides your Besides, um, you, you described some great cross-cultural skills, but what kind of um, 
skills or what types of skills do international tax managers need? I think critical thinking is becoming the norm. Um, but for me personally, if the pandemic has taught us anything, it's flexibility. Being okay and thinking outside the box and adapting to change is becoming the norm. These are skills we don't learn in school, but rather develop over experiences and level of tolerance. More than ever, adaptiveness is a priority. If I haven't beaten that one enough, the other ones that come to mind are social norm. We work in a global setting and most companies nowadays, whether it's a big mid-sized public company, you will encounter colleagues or vendors, suppliers from different walks of the world. So it is becoming very critical to have that global mindset, being accepting, being patient and understanding of the different cultures out there now more than ever. That's great. You put it so well. That's wonderful for, for listeners to know you've got to understand the world, develop a global mindset, uh, no matter what your job. That's great. Um, you know, we've experienced so many changes in the past few years, many related to the workplace um, are sticking with us. You mentioned, um, I think, uh, remote work, um, hybrid schedules, we've got environmental sustainability, diversity, inclusion. What trends do you see emerging in the workplace? I think there are two that really come to mind for me. And one is the new way of working, which is remote working. I think, quite frankly, remote working is here to stay, especially in the finance industry, right? Because our in the financial sector, like our deadlines are so crucial. Sometimes it's the turnaround time is hours, sometimes it's yesterday and you're you're fighting that deadline. And the ability to do that from home, save time battling traffic, if you're in a high traffic city like Atlanta, has really um, given employees the flexibility and the and the leisure to work at their own pace, but yet meet the deadlines, if that makes any sense. The other trend that I'm really seeing, and it's, it's very trending now, is ERGs. So ERGs stand for Employee Resource Groups. These started a few years back, and I think a lot of companies didn't see quite a hit at it, even though they would sway you with swag or free luncheons, because it was more in person. And if you think about it, if you're in finance, for example, or other parts of a um, back office, you usually have lots and lots of work to keep up with. And attending these meetings in live sometimes aren't feasible. Now, switching to the remote work environment and having Zoom team meetings, this option becomes a lot more feasible because a lot of people with similar interests can come together, uh, whether it be for gender, for diversity, for hobbies, for similar interests, you can come together, build on a network within your current work structure. So I, I do think it's going to take off um, with remote working. That's really interesting. A nice way to see the combination of the two trends coming together to deal with the deal with what we've got. And I do believe that um, people appreciate not being able, not being stuck in traffic, getting to work and having that extra time to meet the deadlines, as you as you so eloquently put that. Um, and also being able to meet with people in other offices around the world. That's great. Um, does Assurant have, um, ha they, obviously, you guys have these these types of groups and are they are they working well? Actually, Assurant is in the process of launching its first, very first ERG. 
starting January 2020. So we're quite excited about that and really hopeful and, you know, positive that it is going to take off um, because it's a great trend. It's a great way for people to come together um, when you can't see your colleagues face to face. Yeah, that's wonderful. Great. Good, good for you guys. That's great. Great for assurance. Um, what other trends or what else do you see on the horizon that students entering the workforce or people out of college a couple of years need to be aware of and prepared for? What kind of tips do you have for them? For me, at least over the last 10 years, I think robotics has gone more from a theoretical concept, one we saw in movies or heard about and didn't think it would be feasible to something more of a reality, right? I've gone from a mindset of invasion of of, um, robotics being invasion to acceptance. I think automation is the way of the future. While it eliminates redundant tasks, it also allows people to focus on more value added roles. So what does this really mean? Well, the next generation workforce will have the opportunity to go far and beyond what we have imagined today. And for that, I do envy you guys. But what it also does is is it takes out those easy tasks that most of us fulfill in our day-to-day roles. Um, And we'll we'll see more of critical thinking roles out there. So for those who are looking at accounting, accountants going forward will need to be just as good in their technology as they are in their technical skills. That's an important point because most people don't see that. They see, oh, no, that's tech over there. That's, you know, computer science programming. But you're saying that it's it's needed and to understand this uh, AI that's uh, entering the workplace that we can't we can't fight it. So we really have to accept it <laughs> and see what it's see the the good that it brings. Yeah. So you've got a global mindset. You've mentioned it a couple of times. We know globalization has changed our world. We've experienced it. Not every student, every person wants a global job. Um, But as someone who has this mindset and you enjoy working cross-culturally, passionate about it, what specific advice do you have for those who may not have it, um, who don't have the same language skills, haven't maybe even left the United States? What tips do you have for them? I mean, for us to not think or um, accept that we are going in a global economy um, version would be a setback, right? Because even even if you're you work for a domestic company, the chances of of that company having vendors in different parts of the world or suppliers it, it, that's a high probability. So, like you said, for me, I mean, languages has been the way I connect with people. But for those who don't speak more than one languages, I guess I would say. Be understanding, welcome the different cultures and different differences in people, because that will establish friendship and build a network. I mean, just take it back to yesterday. I was talking to um, a bank advisor from LATAM and our call was we went way above our scheduled time slot because we got talking about languages and culture and you know he he'd done a lot of traveling so what that did for me in the end was he really he went over and beyond what was expected of him in terms of guiding me on a form he actually helped me complete that so because i was able to build that relationship my job just got 10 times easier i got the help from from someone who was more familiar in this specific environment and with a smile was able to help me do that. 
So I think it's very important, even if you don't speak another language, be culturally accepting um, and broaden your horizon when it comes to traveling. Yeah, what a beautiful story. Thanks for sharing. I love that. Just the human connectivity, even though it was on Zoom or not in person, you were still able to have that, which is a beautiful thing for sure. Wow. Um, I'd like to turn now and ask you some, to share some lessons from your own career. What's a tactic you've used in dealing with change? We have all experienced so much change and at any time throughout your career. And how has it helped? I would say have a mantra that echoes change. I can't emphasize enough. Force yourself to move beyond the status, status quo. Accountants are known for their steadiness. We don't like change. But I think being adaptive to change will help your job and it'll make you get more efficient. You'll be able to get more out of the time you have if you're able to think outside the box and move towards a more efficient way of doing it. For me personally, when I take on any task, I always sit back and ask, is there a better way of doing it? Why am I doing this? What's the purpose? Can I reduce the amount of time we've been spending on it? And from there, I start building a work paper or a memo. A lot of times, more times than I want, it's a disaster and it's not what the audience are looking for. But that one time where it does turn out to be a, an effective way of looking at a task, it does save that much more time for the company and yourself. Oh, that's great. I love it. And really looking at things differently. That's a, that's good. Change as... It, as a mantra, a mantra is change. That's that's great because there is no doubt change is constant in our lives and I think ramping up even faster these days. Um, this has been a wonderful conversation, Naz. I really appreciate it. But before we wrap up, is there anything else you'd like to add to make sure that our listeners hear from you? Yes, for my listeners, don't take no for an answer. The real secret to success is the aptitude. If you have the mindset for it, everything is possible. If Sir Richard Branson could take us to space just off a dream, think what else we can achieve just by having the attitude we can do it. That's great. Beautiful advice. Thank you so much, Naz. This has been a, a real pleasure having this conversation with you. Thanks again. Thanks, Stacy. You have been listening to the GW Cyber Global Careers Podcast. Join us again next time. And in the meantime, go global.